Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Is it normal to be incredibly out of breath? Is it normal to have freezing cold feet? Is it normal that my tongue looks like it's been through a shredder? Is it normal to crave crushed ice? Is it normal to have unbelievably itchy nipples? Hello and welcome to this very special episode of Is It Normal? The Pregnancy Podcast with me, Jessie Ware. This episode is all about having multiple pregnancies. While a lot of aspects of being pregnant are the same with one, two, or even three babies, there are quite a few differences. And if you've just found out you're pregnant with twins or more, you've probably got a lot of questions. Well, to help answer some of those, I am joined by a special guest, Marley Hall. She is an independent midwife and author of an upcoming book on pregnancy, birth, and the fourth trimester, which is so important to talk about, a mum of five, including twins. So she is the perfect person to help reassure and give some advice about being pregnant with multiple babies, but also looking after more than one baby. Marley, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I mean, your credentials and also the amount of children you've had, <laughs> including twins, I have so many questions. So <laughs> firstly, you know, lots of people that will be tuning in, I presume the majority will be, if they're having a multiple pregnancy, it's probably twins. It's slightly rarer to have triplets and quadruplets, I think. But when you're having a multiple pregnancy... Are you treated under the same kind of bracket umbrella if you're having two, three or four? No, you're actually treated totally differently. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, because if we're looking at somebody who is totally low risk, yeah. so you've got a low risk person, they haven't got any pre-existing health conditions, their health is anything, and they've got one baby, then they're just classed as having a low risk pregnancy and they kind of go down the low risk pregnancy pathway, which is usually midwife care and that's it. Unless anything develops during that pregnancy, yeah. you know, then they might be referred to, to a doctor. But if somebody is fit and healthy, no pre-existing conditions, but they are pregnant with twins, triplets or more, then they are automatically put into the higher risk category. And the reason they're put into the higher risk category is because there's a high risk of developing complications throughout the pregnancy. There's a high risk of preterm birth which has its own, you know, implications as it is. There's a high risk of developing gestational diabetes. There's a high risk of developing like high blood pressure, preeclampsia. There's a high risk of miscarriage as well. Mm. There's a high risk of problems sort of developing with the babies later on down the line, especially if you've got twins that are sharing the same sacs. So they're kind of in the sack together and they've got the same placenta. Is that the identical, those are the identical twins? Those are the identical twins, yeah. What's the proper word for that? Fraternal? 
It's quite confusing. So I usually say fraternal twins are ones that are two eggs that are fertilized by two sperm. Yeah. Now, if you have identical twins, they are usually as a result of one fertilized egg that has separated and it's growing to form two babies. Now, what can happen is these two babies can either develop their own placenta or they can share one. They can have their own sack or they can share them. <laughs> so it, it does become quite confusing and tricky to explain. But most twins in the UK, on average, are born by around 36 weeks. But then you have some twins that, you know, will go right up to full term. Some twins that will come earlier, it's 30 weeks, 32 weeks. My twins came at 34 weeks. Ooh, right. But yeah, I mean, to answer your question, <laughs> yeah, they are, the, the, the pregnancy is treated totally differently. More examinations more scans, just check on the on the baby's well-being. Is there more chance that you're going to have a C-section with twins or can you still potentially go for a vaginal birth if you want to? Yeah, absolutely. There's a higher chance that twins will be born by a cesarean section, but around 40% of twins in the UK are born vaginally. So that's like four in 10. So it's not a case of, right, you're pregnant with twins, that's it, you're going to have a C-section. Mm. A lot of it, there's, there's a lot of factors that will come into play to determine whether you will have a vaginal birth or a C-section. And one of those is the positions of the babies. So usually if both like if both babies are head down or if the first twins, so that's the twin that's closest to the cervix, is head down and there's no other unusual factors or um, any other implications, then if a mother wants to have a vaginal birth, then there shouldn't be any reason why she shouldn't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Often twins that are born by cesarean section is because they are perhaps lying a bit funny in the womb so like if they're both lying across the womb or they're both breech then you know perhaps the best way is to have them by cesarean section but it all depends on the on on the individual cause or you might have a situation where the babies are premature perhaps they've reached 33 34 weeks perhaps one is suffering from twin, twin transfusion syndrome or one isn't growing very well and they may well think well you know do we put these babies through and the mother through the labor is that the best thing to do or does that carry risks itself? Is it safer to deliver them via cesarean section? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, the, the the rate of twins being born vaginally is lower than with a singleton pregnancy, but it's still not out of the question. Mm. I've known lots of people who have given birth vaginally to twins. Triplets, not so much, <laughs> although there have been cases where, you know, tri- triplets haven't been born vaginally. But in twins, yeah, it can certainly happen. Now, let's talk about your pregnancy with your twins. You have five children, and where did your twins fit into that number? So my first one, my first son, when he was seven, I had the twins, um, which was a bit of a shock, okay. <laughs> especially after just having one baby. I did have a cesarean section with them after giving birth naturally with my first one. Mm-hmm. And then um, I had two further children after that. So when the twins were about nine, I then had two more. And maybe this is helpful for other mothers that may be having twins and hope to maybe have more. Did you carry on having C-sections after that? No. Oh, okay. No, no, I didn't. Because I had a very, very straightforward first labour and then I had a cesarean and then I decided I didn't want to have another cesarean for my fourth and my fifth babies. I had what's called a VBAC, so uh, a vaginal birth after section for both of those children. So I've only had one cesarean section and then three three natural births. But it's something that, you know, whether you've had previous cesarean section with one baby or two babies, you can have that discussion about having your subsequent children vaginally if you want to. Yeah, right. And some people may just not fancy it and that's absolutely fine too. Yeah, exactly. So when you found out 
Um, you say it was a shock. Mm. You found out. How did you feel when you found out that you were having twins? Did you freak out or were you excited or a bit of both? A bit of both, I think. I still remember having that scan, you know, probably about 14 years ago now and just thinking, oh, the first thing I thought was probably a bit silly, really, was I wonder what the sex of the children are going to be. <laughs> you know, that was the first thing that came into my head because... I'd had a boy. I've got four boys. Loving my boys. I've got one girl now. But I was thinking, I wonder if there'll be one of each or if they'll be the same sex. But I didn't initially think to myself, how am I going to look after twins? That kind of came a bit later on when the realisation hit me. I thought, oh my Mm. gosh, I'm having two babies. What am I going to do with them? But yeah, I think initially it was like excitement um, because it is a bit of a novelty. Well, it was back then bit of a novelty yeah I just thought oh wow you know this, this is this is crazy <laughs> and what kind of twin pregnancy were you having were you were having identical twins were they within the same sack no so my twins were what we would call fraternal twins mm-hmm. my twins were called die die twins so they were imagine if you've got two children born at two different ages but they're just sharing a womb at the same time so they were in their own sacks they had their own placentas so they were literally just two different babies but just in the womb at the same time so the risk for me um, was lower, mm-hmm. but I still had twins. So there was a risk because I had twins, but the type of twins they were meant that my risk was lower. But I still ended up having them at 34 weeks because one of the twins, he wasn't growing properly. And it wasn't as a result of his brother, but it was just, you know, it's just something that just, just happened. So we kind of decided that we'd have a cesarean section because at 34 weeks to go through a labor with a baby that's a little bit compromised. I mean, he's, he's fine now. I don't want to risk that. So we just decided to have a, it was like a semi-emergency cesarean. So it wasn't like, right, let's get her down to the theatre now. But I did have a cesarean section later on that evening. You're a midwife, so you understand everything that's going on. But was mm. it still quite a shock and a scare when it was decided to have that semi-emergency C-section at 34 weeks? Yeah, well, the funny thing was, I was actually a student midwife at the time. Right, okay. I was in my third year. So I knew a little bit. The doctor came into the room and said, uh, right, well, as a result of your previous scan, it shows that one of the twins isn't doing very well. We think the best thing to do is to have babies, you know, within the next day or so. So I said, okay. And I automatically assumed they were going to induce my labour. So then one came in later on and said, right, we're just going to get you ready for theatre. And I said, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? I want to have them naturally. And then we kind of sat down with the consultant and had the discussion about the baby and him being compromised and kind of came to an informed decision that I would go for a cesarean section. And I think initially, because I'd, I'd been in there in the theatre before mm. as a student midwife and I knew what happened. So to be on the other end of that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be in there now, you know. You were like basically in a lesson <laughs> when you were giving yeah. birth. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, really strange, really surreal experience. I guess that shows the importance of those regular scans that you'll have in a multiple pregnancy. For you as a lower risk pregnant woman having twins, how regularly were you getting scanned? Do you know what? I can't even remember. Right, yeah. In the first 25 weeks, I may have had maybe five something like that. But I, I remember when I got to about 28 weeks, I think I was having I think I think was having them every fortnight by that point. Mm-hmm. So I actually can't remember how many I had all in all, but I was having quite a lot. And then, yeah, I think by the time we got to 33 weeks, we noticed that something wasn't quite right with the umbilical cord and the placenta for this particular baby. And then a week later, they rescanned me. And then by that point, it was like, right, you know, we're kind of pushing it a little bit here. Let's talk about the early stages. You've just found out you're pregnant. Did you feel different? You'd already been pregnant with a singleton. You know, you do the pregnancy test or miss your period. Mm. Did you feel different 
carrying twins before you had that scan to confirm that you were pregnant to confirm that you had twins um well I actually had a really early I mean usually most people won't have a scan till they're about 11 to 13 weeks Mm -hmm. but I had one really early I had one at about six weeks and I don't think I started getting any real symptoms until that point but what I did notice was the morning sickness that I'd suffered with my first pregnancy which was quite mild to be honest that was kind of really heightened with the twin pregnancy. I felt really sick. I think that was probably the only thing that I really noticed was the fact that I was feeling really nauseous. Mm, mm. But I did start to get really bloated by about 10 weeks. And by the time I was 15 weeks pregnant, I looked like I was about 25 weeks pregnant. So you do start showing a lot earlier as well. You do tend to feel a lot more bloated. And I think in general, because with twin pregnancies, you may produce a lot more of the pregnancy hormone HCG that, you know, your other standard pregnancy symptoms such as morning sickness can can kind of be really, really intense. That's quite common, like you say, for people carrying more than one, for those symptoms to be a bit more severe, whether it's the morning sickness, Mm. whether it's the fatigue. Mm. But then once you kind of passed that first trimester, did it feel quite similar to your previous pregnancy? did for a bit but I, I I always felt huge right okay and I think because I felt so big it, that left me feeling like quite tired and you know my back was always hurting a lot more than it did the first time around and because I was on the ward I was, so I was still a student and I was working on the on the antenatal and the postnatal ward where midwives are always on their feet yeah. you know and I remember being 28 weeks pregnant feeling like I was full term and I looked like I was full term because I was huge yeah and I was sit, sitting in the office and I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how much longer I can do this for, <laughs> you know, because you literally don't stop when you're a midwife working on the ward. So, you know, you're running up and down. And I, and I literally had to every 15 minutes or so just sit down for a couple of minutes, take a breather and then get back up to go and work and obviously help out the mums that are on the ward again. So, yeah, it was a, it was a tough one. Yeah, thinking about that, do pregnant people with multiple pregnancies, do they usually finish work slightly earlier than, you know, that kind of cutoff point where usually you go on your maternity leave and some people leave it till the last minute to two weeks before, some people take a month off. Mm. I mean, you were ready to chill out by about 28 weeks. Yeah, and and you know what, I did. (laughs) Good for you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in this country, you can go on maternity leave from 28 weeks. So you get the nine months, which is like, I think it's full pay for a few weeks and then it goes down to 90% and then it's the statutory pay after that, and which isn't a huge amount. Mm. So what most people do is they try to go as close to their due date as possible. Some people would go on maternity leave for 34 weeks, some 36, some 38. But when you're pregnant with twins, it's a real struggle to go that far because you're literally feeling like you're, you're ready to pop, I guess. Mm. Should you be taking more folic acid? All your midwife appointments, they go, are you taking folic acid? You go, yeah, and they go, great. Yeah. Um, now, should you be taking double the amount if you've got double the amount of babies in your mm. tummy? Uh, not necessarily. So what we would say is to start off by just taking your standard folic acid, which is, I think, it's 400 micrograms a day. Mm. But if you are advised otherwise by your midwife or your doctor, because some people's folate levels or their iron levels can reduce a lot, especially when you are pregnant with twins. So I would say, you know, if, if you're pregnant with twins, take what you would take with just one baby. But, you know, after you've had your initial blood test, if it comes back that you need extra, then your midwife or your doctor would would advise you on that. And the same with eating as well, because uh-huh. a lot of people seem to think that 
I mean, even if you've got one baby on board, you, you still wouldn't eat for two. Yeah, it's know? a myth, isn't it? It is, total like myth. A rubbish myth that is cruel <laughs> and has been put in your head. You know, they, they say you need about an extra 200 calories per day from the last trimester, <sighs> which is like, not even, not even a sandwich, is it? You know, it's not even a sandwich. But I say to people, eat when you're hungry, but focus more on what you're eating rather than how much. So rather than thinking, oh, you know, I can't eat this, I can't, you know, I can't eat 10 cakes or whatever, mm. focus on the foods that you're eating rather than the quantities, you know. And if you're eating healthily and eating good food and eating lots of fruit and vegetables, then you don't have to worry about limiting your portions. If you're hungry, eat. Don't walk around with your belly rumbling just because you're thinking, oh, no, I don't want to eat too much today. But then at the same time, it's important that you don't overdo it because then you're at risk of things like a gestational diabetes, which you're at higher risk of anyway if you're carrying twins. So you have to be careful on like your sugar intake and stuff like that. Why are you at higher risk of gestational diabetes when carrying twins? Like, I know it's one of the higher risk categories, and you, mm. but what makes you higher risk for it? Do you know? Do you know what? I'm not really too sure on the science behind uh-huh. it. I just know that when you are pregnant with multiple babies, I think it just puts more strain on your system as a whole, which is why you are at high risk of developing preeclampsia and high blood pressure. And, yeah, yeah. you know, you are high risk of having a hemorrhage. And I think it's just because your whole body is being drained, I guess, being having two that require your circulatory system to be top notch and be pumping out that blood to two babies that requires you to provide energy for those babies, oxygen. I mean, even like with breathing and things like that. Yeah, yeah, right. And I remember I found that when I reached 30 odd weeks, I found it difficult. This huge bump there yeah. and I was trying to get enough oxygen into my system. So yeah, so it just it just puts a lot of stress on your body as a whole. So I guess it's very important to just be a bit kind to yourself and mindful of like taking oh, it easy, especially with Absolutely. twins. You know, we're told to take it easy when we're pregnant with one, but yeah. maybe even more so. Oh gosh, yeah. More massages, yep. more, you know, foot rubs, all of that. More pampering. Absolutely. <laughs> um, now, we've talked about scans, more regular scans, mm. but what about appointments with the midwife? Or will you even be seeing a midwife that much anymore? Will you be going straight to the obstetrician now because it becomes a high-risk pregnancy? Yeah, it, it depends. Everyone's circumstances are individual. If you've got somebody who's otherwise low-risk, then the chances are they'll probably be seen by both the midwife and an obstetrician in what we call shared care. So Uh she may well have routine appointments with the midwife at GP surgery or children's centre, wherever it's being held. And then in between those visits, she will probably go and see the obstetrician as well. They do tend to have more appointments, but how many appointments just depends on that individual circumstance. You know, if the scans are showing an issue, then you may well be seeing a lot more. Some people who are having twins, but they've got other conditions as well, perhaps they've got pre-existing blood pressure or heart conditions or something else, and they may well just be seen by the obstetrician at the hospital and then perhaps see the midwives in the hospital at the same sort of time. But um, yeah, it just depends. You know, we talked about there's more chance of miscarriage when you're carrying multiple pregnancy. In a singleton pregnancy, you're kind of told that you're in the safer zone after the 12-week scan, mm-hmm. and then it kind of carries on um, diminishing the chance of miscarriage. And then once you're kind of past that 20-week scan and you've seen everything's ticking mm-hmm. along nicely, you feel, I think, that the stress of the miscarriage kind of is alleviated. Now, is that similar with a twin pregnancy where the chance of miscarriage reduce as drastically after that 12-week scan or does it carry on slightly longer? It carries on. And again, it, it depends on the type of twins you're carrying, right. the type of sub-twin pregnancy you, you have. We know that there is a greater risk of miscarriage in the second trimester for some people who are carrying mm. twins, mm. which is why we have more appointments and we have more scans you know, to see how the pregnancy is going. But yeah, that worry really does continue past the 12 weeks. 
because you have other things to worry about with with some twin pregnancies later on down the line. Like I was talking talking about before, when you've got the twins that are sharing the same sacs, as they get bigger and they're kind of fighting for that space in the womb, then there is a higher chance of things like cord entanglement. And whilst these things are rare, they, they can happen. So with a twin pregnancy, you are kind of on guard, as it were, throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I guess we're talking a lot about the kind of complications and the risks here, which is is, is important to discuss. Mm. But equally, you're about to have two babies and that's going to be absolutely amazing. Mm. Do you find that when you are speaking to women that are having multiple births, there is a greater fear of that due date mm. or, or giving birth? Yeah, I, I do. More so for people who haven't given birth before. If you've had someone who's been through pregnancy and they've given birth and they know what to expect, the worry doesn't seem to be as enhanced, I guess. That's good to know. But when you've got someone who's their first pregnancy and they're having twins and there's a kind of assumption that, you know, the labour pains are going to be 10 times worse. And that's not the case at all. <laughs> you know, labour is labour. Obviously, the difference is if you're giving birth vaginally, that once one baby is born, that you may well have a, a short break <laughs> for a couple of minutes um and then the contractions start again and then you know then you give birth again there are some situations where a baby is born vaginally and then there's an issue with the second one and you know that and there have been cases where one twin's been born vaginally and the other one's had, had to you know go down to theater uh-huh. to be to have a cesarean section so you then got a mum who's had two births she's given birth to two babies both ways that is unique and a bit of a killer <laughs> When you've got twin pregnancy, you just don't know. You could sit there at 12 weeks, 15 weeks, 20 weeks and think, right, you know, this is what I want to do. But until you are in a later gestation, you, you know exactly what's going on with your twins. You know exactly what position they're in. You can't really know for sure how the birth is going to go. Mm. All you can do is prepare for each eventuality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, and please forgive us listeners if this feels rather, it's not scaremongering, it's the facts, but it probably feels quite a lot to take in. Hmm. Is there any reassurance from support groups out there that help with multiple pregnancies? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's important to say as well that hundreds, thousands of women will give birth to to twins without any kind of real event. We'll go to 36, 37, 38, mm-hmm. 39, 40 weeks, have their lovely babies and take them home without them having to stay in NICU. So it's not about scaremongering, it's just about discussing the risks. But there are places where you can go to kind of seek out support. And one of the places that I went to was an association called TAMBA. I think they've changed the name now to, to Twins Trust. Okay. And there's loads of support there for parents who have got twins and those who are expecting twins as well. If you are pregnant with twins and you are looking for antenatal education, often if you ask your midwife or your doctor, they will be able to point you in the direction um, of a local twins class, twins antenatal class. Because when you go to an antenatal class and they focus on labour and birth, Mm. it's often not the same because they're not talking about what might happen if you have a cesarean section with twins or what might happen if you give birth to one baby then have to go to theatre for the second Mm. one to be born you know that's not spoken about in a normal antenatal class so some areas will have twin specific antenatal classes so check that out and also bliss i don't know if you've heard of bliss yes they're a charity not necessarily for twins but more for preterm births it's a good resource to have you know so that if you do give birth to twins and like mine they were in the neonatal unit for three weeks i mean they're absolutely fine but they were there because they had problems with feeding because they were quite small. Mm. So it's it, it's good to know what to expect because even though for me, I was a student midwife and I had done a one-week placement on the neonatal unit prior to having them, 
I still was unaware of what to expect. There's one thing supporting a mother who's had a premature baby, but it's another thing having your own premature babies and then trying to deal with that. Yeah, of course. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Back to your experience, you know, once you'd given birth to these premature twins and they're taken into the neonatal unit, Mm. you know, that must have been really quite scary for you. Mm. Were you able to give them any breast milk or did you just kind of think, right, this is going to be too hard with twins? Mm. Did you have colostrum yet? Yeah, well, I think one of the important things to let people know is that the majority of people, and I'm saying the vast majority, will be developing colostrum whilst they're pregnant. Not, not everyone sees it dripping out. <laughs> it doesn't mean you haven't got it there. And when you give birth, mm. the placenta being removed, it kind of triggers a response and your hormones change. And then over the, the coming days, your milk tends to increase quicker if you're actually breastfeeding a baby or if you're pumping. Now, the first couple of days, you are not going to get much at all. And I'm talking about if you hand express or you're kind of squeezing your boob, you might get half a mil, maybe uh-huh. a mil at a time. Um, and I think if you go into that knowing that you're not going to get much out to begin with, that's fine. Now, when my twins went to the neonatal unit, mm-hmm. they were only being fed something like half a mil of colostrum every hour or something like that, a very, very small amount. But if you have a premature baby, twins or not, the neonatal nurses, the midwives, doctors will let you know that preterm babies are at a higher risk of developing gut problems, right. more so than full-term babies. One of the ways to prevent these gut problems is to give them breast milk. Uh-huh. But 
it's not always easy to breastfeed a a, a tiny baby. When you've just had a C-section too. <laughs> exactly. So you've had a C-section, your babies are in another room, perhaps on another, another floor like mine. I didn't get to see them for the first first five hours. And then I kind of hobbled up there in, in, in a wheelchair. Uh, and I was desperately trying to pump some milk. <laughs> Nothing was really coming out. Such a stressful environment for you, probably. It yeah. is. It is. But I knew that it was important to give them that. Even if I could just give them that for a couple of weeks or something. Mm-hmm. Just, I needed to do that for their guts being preterm babies. Because they were born at 34 weeks, they didn't really have a suckle reflex. So I couldn't put them onto the breast. They wouldn't feed properly at all. So after two days of me pumping my milk finally came through which was great and um, when I say came through I mean it was already there but it just increased in volume so I was then able to pump off milk and put it in the fridge up in the neonatal unit and I spent a, a lot of my time up in the NICU just kind of pumping 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 they were being fed through a tube and I managed to do that for about six weeks they came home after three weeks but by six weeks my supply was dwindling because I guess because I was just trying to pump two babies well done so we had to supplement with formula for them which obviously was required because they needed to <laughs> needed some some food to, to stay alive mm. you know when you're looking at things like feeding another thing you've got to remember is that each child is totally different mm. I mean I formula fed my twins from probably from about eight weeks because because oh, I had to. And that was the, the easier choice for me at the time. Yeah. The baby I've got now, she won't get off my boob and she's two years old. <laughs> I'm trying to fill her off. Um, so, yeah, so I think a lot of pressure comes with feeding. And you, even more so when you are in a situation where you've got two babies, they're both premature, you've had an operation and it can all get so much. But the main thing is to try and get as much support as you can, you know, and just know that you're doing your best whatever you do. Absolutely. I mean, is it common for babies to not be able to have the sucking the sucking reflex at 34 weeks? When does that usually get developed? To be honest, there are plenty of babies that are born at that gestation that do. They literally, you know, they're born, they go straight on the boob and they're, they're, they're amazing. Yeah. Um, some babies don't and my babies didn't uh-huh. for whatever reason. They just decided they, they couldn't do it. They couldn't be bothered. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that was it. So we yeah. had to feed them through, through a tube instead until I think within about two weeks they learned to to suck they, they they still wouldn't feed from me so I then had to put my express milk into a bottle and feed them that way so yeah it just depends on the baby I've seen a video of a smaller baby around 30 weeks 31 weeks who had that reflex who actually the mum managed to manage to get on the breast and breastfeed which I thought was wow that, that's crazy wow. I think this is why it's important to seek support from these places like Twins Trust Bliss speak to the nurse in the neonatal unit especially if you're pregnant with twins if you can mm. to get a bit of an idea as to what to expect because you just don't know until you've had your baby and your baby is evaluated and examined and they and they can give you some support and advice but yeah it is quite common for small babies not to be able to feed straight away it just can take a little bit of time for that to happen is it possible for a mother of twins mm-hmm. to exclusively breastfeed oh gosh absolutely absolutely i think it's more common in the babies that have had no issues for the pregnancy and they've gone as close to full term as possible so you know these babies that are born a good size and they're 37 38 39 even 40 weeks sometimes mm-hmm. they're born just like any other you know singleton baby if they haven't got any issues they're more likely to go onto the breast and feed and there are plenty of mums of twins who have successfully exclusively breastfed twins because the more the baby sucks the more milk's produced so it's a bit of a supply and demand thing you know as long as she's replenishing herself eating properly and drinking plenty and the babies are feeding mm-hmm. often enough then she will produce enough milk for them. But some do and some don't. It's just, you know, everybody's different. Oh, don't I know it. Breastfeeding. Oh, my God, the pressures that I put on myself under. And it's, it's funny. I mean, I, I think with the twins as well, 
some people are able to feed them both at the same time and some people can't or they just don't want to do that so it sounds like you actually had a really like healthy mentality about it you were just like bang this is like I've done my bit and then they need more whereas I punished myself for so long and it was so stupid and didn't help the old milk supply but that's another story yeah but it's, it's also knowing about what what the issues are and whether you can actually combat them or you know whether you want to combat them whether it's worth combating them you know it's like with my last two the last two the one I t- told you about the still breastfeeding now after two years that wasn't eat the first two weeks were a nightmare she had tongue tie mm. which I which I diagnosed because the midwife who was looking after me didn't believe me and in the end I said no she has and I, and I took her to see a specialist who confirmed yes she does which is why she wasn't latching onto the boob they snipped it she fed perfectly but there's so many other people out there who are going through the same thing their babies have got tongue ties for example can't latch onto the breast or it's really painful um, and they don't get any support. So if they don't get any support, you know, there's no point us keep pushing. I mean, I'm very much pro breastfeeding, but at the same time, if we're not supporting people and they, you know, um, it's damaging their mental health or they decide to, to, to go into formula, so what? You know? I know. I do think that things are changing with how, um, especially how midwives talk to breastfeeding mothers, like the narrative has changed to being less bullying which I think is really good Mm. you couldn't even say the word formula so my first midwives and then the second time around there was definitely like more of a kind of like oh you know like try and I think that's good my brother was he's an anaesthetist but he was just like happy mum happy baby and that just Mm. (laughs) because I was just miserable yeah tongue tie now I swear it's far more common do you know what it is what we think it is we think it's the increase in folic acid yeah 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 because that's what affects the development of the tongue so we think that perhaps we're giving too much folic acid and these people all these babies are all developing tongue ties so who knows yeah, it's really, it's really, really common. Really so, common. so interesting. Are there any other supplements that people with multiple pregnancies need to take? No, not really. No, not, not really. Like, like I said, unless it's been recommended by your doctor or your midwife that you take extra iron or, or extra folic acid, mm. there isn't really anything that you need. In terms of what you eat and supplements, it doesn't need to be any different to if you're carrying a single baby. Just eat healthily, make sure you drink plenty of water, mm. around two and a half litres a day which sounds like a lot, but it's only like five water bottles, five, like 500 ml bottles a day. So it's not really that much. But supplement wise, no, there, there isn't anything extra that you, that you should be doing from the beginning once you find out you have twins. Do twin parents get more maternity leave? Unfortunately, no. That's really rubbish. Other countries do. Oh. <laughs> but over <laughs> here, I believe, you get maternity or paternity leave based on the pregnancy, not how many children you are carrying, which is a shame because it's hard. <laughs> it's very hard. Those, those first few months, first few years maybe, uh, having having more than one baby can be quite draining. And then when you do go back to work, and what I found was when I went back to my studies, I then had double the childcare mm. to pay, you know. So it becomes very expensive when you're kind of paying for that at the same time. But yeah, no, unfortunately, it's just per pregnancy, not per child. Well, let's talk about that postnatal period you've got these babies you've been having all the scans all the appointments Mm. you managed to give birth to them whichever way that happens (laughs) do you feel like you were prepared for Mm. having two babies that you were going to have to look after at the same time and including that you had another little person that you had to look after too (laughs) and what were you most kind of taken aback by yeah once those babies were home what having five children's taught me is that they are all so different. Oh my gosh. So like my first one, he was so 
when I look back now, he was actually really calm and really good and you know, great. And then I had the twins and because they were in the neonatal unit for three weeks, they were almost put into a routine when they were there. Mm. You know, they were fed at a certain time. And so when I brought them back, which I hadn't had with my first son, because I brought him home, I breastfed him whenever he was hungry and just kind of got on with it. Yeah. So bringing home twins after three weeks when they'd been this kind of routine, I threw it all out of the window initially, which I shouldn't have done <laughs> because... One of the things that I would always say to parents of twins is feed them together. I'm not one for advocating routines as such with newborn babies, especially if you've just got one. You just kind of go with the flow. But when you've got more than one baby, if you don't have some kind of routine, order where possible. Order. <laughs> yeah, right. You can go on a downward spiral, you know, because those first few months were an absolute blur. And what, and what I found, what, what I was doing in the end was like, I'd put them to sleep. And obviously we know that newborn babies don't really sleep when you want them to. They just sleep when they feel like it. But I would think, right, okay, it's nighttime now. Let's put them put them to sleep. And then what I would do is I'd one would wake up and cry for food. So I'd feed him and then put him back down to sleep. And then I'd go back to bed. Oh. And then half an hour later, the other one would wake up. I'd get up, feed him. Put him you bed. didn't sleep. And then half an hour later. So I'll be every half an hour. And I'm thinking, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? No, when one wakes up and wants to be fed, I'm going to get the other one out of his crib and I'm going to feed him as well. And they're both going to be fed at the same time. And then it only took me about two days and then they were feeding together. <laughs> you know, um, Which it was still tiring because they were still up all through the night as what, as what you would expect with newborn babies. But it just meant that rather than me just closing my eyes for half an hour. I was closing them for maybe for an hour and a half oh, instead man. or two hours. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I And I, I only have to deal with the one. Um, I've only ever had singleton pregnancies. That broken sleep. I remember when you get to that, like, you get past four hours of sleep and you actually feel like you've had 12 hours of sleep. That's great. It's insane. Do you know what? My mum said to me once, she remembers me saying to her, this is my first child, he slept for 45 minutes. I can't believe it. And I was really excited because he slept for 45 minutes straight. <laughs> but <laughs> I know. It can, um, Small victories. Oh, absolutely. But um, one of the things I will say is if you're having more than one baby, try and get as much support as you can before you have them. You know, whether that be from your friends, from your family, just the simple things like, going to have a shower mm-hmm. so with my first child what I used to do with him I, he'd have like a little bouncer and I'd bring the bouncer up and I'd put it on the bathroom floor get in the shower and so he could see me with twins there wasn't enough space because back then I had a really small bathroom I couldn't put them both in together mm. so I'm like well I need to shower at some point you know and so things like that became really 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 difficult so trying to enlist as much support as as you can is is absolute key yeah. <laughs> and, and try to have some kind of routine from the beginning don't expect too much from your baby because they're still newborns. They're still not going to abide by what you want. They're still not going to sleep when you want. But I think it does help to have some kind of some kind of order, like you said, mm. um, you know, because when you've got two, it's, it's so different to having one baby. Another thing I'll say quickly is when I then went on to have my other two children nine years later, so one of them, my children is four and the other one's two, having such a small age gap between them, I look back at the twins now and think to myself, actually, that was really easy. Yeah. That was really easy. At the time, because I was I was like 26, at the time, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so hard, this is so difficult. But now, because I've initially I had a seven-year age gap, then a nine-year age gap, and now I've got a, uh, a two-year age gap between my four and my two-year-old. Really? Oh my goodness. Well, having a baby and a toddler was a lot harder than just having twins. Oh, I'm so glad you've said this. Oh, no. I mean, I look, I'm so glad you've said this. I... 
I feel like it's quite hard at the moment. I've got it a four-year-old and a two-year-old and I am, yes. I'm not very good at these ages. It is really, really tough. And I, I tell you, having twins, when I had a seven-year-old, I'm so thankful because I know there's people out there that will have twins and they'll have a two-year-old and they will, they'll find it tough. I mean, not everybody, but, you know, we, we can't lie. It's, it is hard work, isn't it? You know? I mean, Alice, <laughs> our producer that's here, she had the two-year-old and then the twins. Ah! Oh, gosh. So... So she knows. And she's still around to... <laughs> to tell the tale. And she survived. And they are fabulous girls. Oh, gosh. Now, we know that a lot of the conversation here has been talking high risk and, and, and hopefully not freaking you all out. It's an amazing thing that's happening to you and your body. And you are doing amazing things uh, carrying these two, three, four babies. Marley, as a mother of twins... Can you give some pros about the the beauty of having twins? Not only because it's one of those amazing miracles that I still find so amazing that your body's capable of doing and these clever little things just like, you know, fitting into your tummy. Mm. But what are some of the positive things that you found as a mother of twins that will hopefully just make people feel very Mm. excited and look forward (laughs) to when they are here, finally here? Well, I'll tell you what, one thing that really, really stands out is the fact that out of all of my five children, my twins, because they had each other, they slept in the same cot for a little while as well, um, one at either end, because they were together, Yeah, they started sleeping through the night a lot earlier than any of my other kids, you know. I think because they were just comforted by the fact that they had each other there and also when they then went to start nursery and again with my other children when I first put them into nurseries they would be crying and it's, you know it's quite heartbreaking when you when your little one's crying for you but mm. especially the first couple of days but with my twins because they had each other there they were off like bye you know <laughs> didn't, didn't look back and I felt a lot more confident with the fact that because they were just best best buddies yeah. you know best best buddies when they were little I could get on with a lot more when I was at home doing things because they would play together. Interesting. Whereas like at the moment, if I'm here with my little girl, she's only got me. So I have to kind of entertain her the whole time. So you're doing loads of role play at the moment. Yeah. Oh, well, Oh no. How old is she? Two. (laughs) She's two. Yeah. She just wants to hit things at the moment. Well, no, I I, I bought her this little kitchen for her second birthday a couple of months ago. So she keeps making me cups of tea at the moment. Oh, lovely. Um, But yeah, so I, I, I did find that I was able to have that space and have a little bit of time to myself after we'd got through the initial newborn period because that's tough for everybody twins or not Mm. but as they grew up and they they became toddlers and it was lovely it really was it was really lovely to have both and having both together and and watching that bond as well I love that image of them sleeping in the cot together I didn't even think that that was a thing but I guess they've been in the womb together for so long that closeness did you find when they were born that they Mm. needed to be close to each other like you know that we talk about skin to skin and holding your babies a lot did they seek reassurance in each other maybe not necessarily just with having you or your partner holding them yeah I think so when, I, when they were actually in the NICU because they were only in an incubator for a day and then luckily they come out of that and they were in just a normal cot but the nurses would put them in the cot together and it just helped them I think just helped them kind of chill and wind down now one thing I will say is that for anybody considering doing this make sure that you always follow the guidelines that are on the lullaby trust in regards to infant sleeping you know like not having loads of blankets and things like that in the cot especially if you're popping your babies in together Uh there's lots of information on the lullaby trust website for that but I just found that they were I think they were just reassured they could probably feel each other breathing and they just had that closeness. So I definitely found that out of all five of my children, they were the most settled. They were definitely the most settled out of all of them because they had each other. 
That is so beautiful. And look, so now people that are having twins, they need to know that it's going to be a bit of a, a shitstorm. They need to know that it's going to be a bit crazy for the first kind of year and during that yeah. pregnancy. And then you're going to have mm. these easy children. Yeah, that just absolutely. like play together, entertain themselves, exactly. and go to sleep. I mean, it, it's, it sounds it sounds amazing. You're going to be laughing at all these people that had those singleton pregnancies and be like, "Oh well, poor you, mine slept through the night." Yeah, no, I think that that's something that's very reassuring. I think there's such a focus on pregnancy and the birth mm. and the act of birth. Yeah, and then we've got many more years looking after these little things after. So I think exactly. that's um, so nice to hear. But I, I think this has been honestly so helpful and informative. And I also would say that everyone should go to Marley's Instagram page because it's full of information, not about just twins, about everything regarding pregnancy, giving birth and postnatal, that fourth trimester, which is going to be what her her book's going to be about. I would have loved this when I was pregnant with my first. I think, mm. you know, I still Google stuff, but I, I kind of feel like, I know, you've got two other humans to deal with. So you're kind of like, oh, oh cool. Oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, that's why I'm a bit tired. Yeah, it's, but do you know what? I, I don't know about you, Jesse, but I found that after having my first baby, all the other pregnancies seemed to go really fast because yeah. I'm so preoccupied with, with work, with looking after them. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm only 40 weeks now. Great. <laughs> Totally. And I also think that it's been really interesting. I've been exercising way more with this pregnancy, even though I have less time, but I'm like going for it more. Mm. And I think it's from probably picking up a toddler and babies and having probably more strength than you think you have and stuff like that. It's kind of a, I think you're also less precious, which I understand that some people are really, you know, and they need to be really delicate in their pregnancy. But on the third one, you're just kind of like, oh, lug this baby up the stairs, you know, put one over your shoulder. You Whatever. Kind of, and you wouldn't even think to do that. I mean, I wasn't even lifting boxes at six weeks, you know, yeah. when I was pregnant with my first. And oh, it's totally different, isn't it? I wouldn't bring the shopping in, like, and, and this time you're kind of, you know, you've got 20 kilos on either side it's it's hysterical it's amazing what your bodies can do oh absolutely but marley hall it's been just so lovely to hear your personal story and just to hear your kind of expertise as a midwife and i hopefully reassure a lot of pregnant people out there that are you know carrying more than one that you know actually it's it's all going to be okay it's just yeah. going to be slightly more um uh, focused in on and monitored it's a, it's a journey it's a journey <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to Marley Hall, their independent midwife and mum of five, including twins and author of an upcoming book. I'd really encourage you to all follow her on Instagram. She's called Midwife Marley and Marley spelled with an E-Y at the end. And she's just brilliant, helping lots of people be reassured during pregnancy and after giving birth. There's a lot to take on, but there's lots and lots of support out there and a brilliant advice. So thank you, Marley Hall, for joining us on the bonus episode of Is It Normal? The Pregnancy Podcast, all about multiple births. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.